Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Broncos Country Throwback. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by Eric Dalala. Today, joining Jim Sakamano is the great Alfred Williams. That's right, Phil. I think a lot of listeners know Big Al. Of course, played at CU, ended his career with the Broncos. He was on the air with the fan for a long time, now with KOA. Uh, just so he's he's as recognizable a Broncos voice as there is in this market. And um, it's fun, I think, to hear what he has to say. Jim's got a great conversation coming up. They talk about him coming to Denver and uh, some nice nuggets too, Phil, about what this Broncos team needs to do to take the next step forward. I am honored to be talking with this Broncos Country podcast, Alfred Williams, one of the great Broncos, one of the great Buffs, a great citizen of Colorado. Um, Alfred, there's so much to talk about with you. I hardly know where to begin. Uh, and one <laughs> thing is, it is so cool. And with your broadcasting career, you are one of the few people in the state. If somebody says, Alfred said this, nobody has to say, Alfred who? Or who you're talking about, <laughs> Alfred? No, really, that's the truth, Alfred. And you know, like when you laugh like that, I can see your laugh. It's great. It's booming. That owned the locker room, uh, and um, it, it's a great thing, Alfred. Let's start at the beginning. You're a young kid in in Houston, Texas. When did you start to think you'd be a player? And if you could tell us about your recruiting trip to see you, because I know it was like a like a stop along the way to someplace else. Well, the uh, I didn't uh, I didn't think about playing um, uh, college football until I was a until I was a junior in high school. And you know, like like most of my my friends, uh, I just played for fun. And then uh, my high school coach Roland Rogers came to me and asked do I want to go to college? I had never even considered college. You know, I mean, that, that was not the state of mind of the group of guys that I was hanging out with. And it, it wasn't the type of academic, um, academic uh, effort that I was giving to, to, to even think about it. So at the time I had like um, 1.3 GPA. I was just getting along. We didn't have the same, um, the same academic requirements as guys do now that have to have a certain GPA to, play high school sports. And so uh, my coach came to me and told me, Hey, look, there's some guys here looking at you and you can go to college. And from that time on, uh, I didn't get another C in high school. And I finished up with a, uh, with a, like a 3.1. So I had all A's and one B uh, the rest of my time in high school, because I really believe that I could change my situation by just doing good schoolwork and playing football. And then I took the visit to the university of Colorado and I got there and it was so cold and it was blizzard like conditions. And then um, in the morning, uh, I woke up and all the snow was gone and it was, it had melted and it was running through the campus. We had streams and these little uh, aqueducts just running through the campus. And it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever saw. Uh, and it just changed my whole perspective. I mean, at, at the time, the University of Colorado wasn't a football powerhouse but it felt like it was the right place for me because of the environment. That's an amazing thing. And to think that all these years later, you remain a Colorado resident 
And, and, you know, a guy's situation is such, you could live anywhere you want, Alfred, but you've chosen to stay here in Colorado. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm a fan of, of beautiful days. You know, um, I'm yeah. light sensitive. I, I like, I like it to be bright outside and Colorado delivers over 300 days of sunshine. So this place fits my uh, personality and, and, and my sensitivity to, to, to life the best that I've seen. Uh, I don't like being hot uh, and, and I don't mind having to put a jacket on, but when it's really hot outside, there's no escape from it. And, and I don't want that. So Colorado is the place for me. Now at CU, you mentioned that at that time CU was not a power, but it became a power quickly. Won the national championship in '90, and you were a captain of that team. Yeah, that was a great group of guys. You know, I I, I said it on the radio just uh, not long ago, a week ago, that I've been fortunate to have the two best coaches in the entire in the entire state of Colorado at the collegiate level and at the um, at the pro level, and Mike Shanahan and Bill McCartney and having those two men shape you as an athlete and to push you as an athlete has been, it's been a blessing. It's been a lifelong relationship. I was just texting coach Shanahan last night, uh, just checking in with him. And of course I keep in touch with coach Mack and I talk to his children. It's just been, it's just been, it's been a relationship like none other. I don't know if all the guys that, have played for the two men, have those kind of relationships. I do, and I'm happy for it. Yeah, all you can do is judge your own, right, Alfred? And, you know, it's it's somebody else has a different life experience. Yeah, and, and you know, not everybody had the kind of experience at the University of Colorado that I had, but I was just so – I was so happy to be there. You know, the temperate and uh, the the the, the – the, the way that the University of Colorado presented itself to me, it was just something out of a storybook. You know, you're talking about diversity and being treated the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it was it was over the top. I, I can't imagine a better college situation for anybody in the world. I mean, for, I, I can't imagine having a better college experience uh, than I had. And I, and, and, and I don't care who you are or who you play for and what era. To take a program mm-hmm. that was a middle-of-the-road program and elevate the program to its highest level is something that very few people have a chance to say that they have gone through. Even if you think about the guys at Alabama, the guys that are at Alabama today who are coming out of Alabama winning national championship, well, there was, there was the first group that did it, and then you have just added on to that. But the first group that did it, that's the group that's the special group. That's right, because the most they could do is keep winning. Exactly. That's all they can do. Um, now, Alfred, um, your career is so great at college, and, you know, you, you, your laugh is so contagious. And I won't say you put yourself down, but, but you, you, well, you can't talk about yourself with the greatness that you've got, but you went into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2010, Correct. I did. I did. Went in representing the 1990 national championship team. And I think that the, the award of, of, of being uh, chosen to represent the team is, is just that it's just the team. I think it's just a team accomplishment. I don't think that I would be a member of the college football hall of fame without the team that I had. Well, that's a wonderful sentiment. And, and you know, it's really cool. Uh, 
here in Colorado, it's not just see you, it's the buffs, the buffs. And you are a buff. You may be, you, if all the guys who graduated from CU and then stayed in the, had great professional success and then made their home and stayed in the area and got into the media, so they're still very involved, you might be at the top of that list, uh, Alfred. Well, I tell you this, uh, you know, what's, what's uh, a quiet secret out there is that the University of Colorado, as far as broadcasters go, I mean, we have produced some of the biggest and best names in the entire media landscape. And I'm very proud to be part of that alumni. And um, it's, it's, it's one that is growing. You know, I, I, I saw Victor Rogers just the other day, a great Colorado Buffalo and a guy who played in the NFL for a long time, uh, who's now working in the orthopedic business. But I remember a time when he was doing TV and radio in the Denver metro area. And, I, you know, I think that's just a big shot in the arm from uh, from our experience working with the great Dave Flatty. And, of course, you know him and you know yeah, how he has uh, shaped so many different careers. And, you know, I, I, we, we love him. And uh, we, we've, we've been taught and schooled well by uh, guys like Dave Flatty. And then on, on at the professional level, the way that you handled us, and and the way that you treated us during our runs for Super Bowls, it was amazing. And I think I don't know if this is the truth about this statement, but I just remember John Elway having a certain day that he spoke to the media, and and and, and it was so unique because he only spoke on certain days. And at the, at the time, that wasn't the case. And I had just come from the San Francisco 49ers where that wasn't the case. The quarterback talked every day. And mm-hmm. to have this format where you could say he's speaking on this day and we're doing it this way and you work with the members of the media, but it also gave the players a chance to have a break. I thought that was fantastic. I thought it was over the top. And, I, you know, that was part of, you know, being ahead of the curve. And now everybody does it. And, and I remember yeah, when we were the now. only team that was doing it. And I mean, yeah. I remember we were the only team that was doing it, Taco. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I've been around some amazing people who have shaped my my career and 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 helped me through this this media landscape. Well, thank you, Alfred. But you know, part of it comes you got all these stars, and you think, how the heck have I got to coordinate all this stuff? So, and the media they can gripe because I have no offense, but obviously they want what they want when they want it. But I say, no, no, this is how it's going to be, and this is how we're going to organize it because this is how it's got to work. And uh, they went along with it, and uh, and it was real good. And and I got to tell you the truth, it made Mike happy. Mike's happy, I'm happy. <laughs> well, I tell you, for guys like me that were that were on the team, hey, it made me happy too, knowing that I, that, that we're going to speak on this day. And I mean, it was just innovative. Uh, I don't even I don't even know if many people in the sports uh, sports world understand where that whole concept came from, but it was. Uh, and then, you know, it, it, every time I see it now, I remember uh, when it first started with the Denver Broncos. Just, just brilliant. It's a brilliant idea to make sure that everybody gets what they need in a timely fashion and uh, gives the players a break, too. Thank you, Alfred. Now, this is an interesting thing. You're at the Cincinnati Bengals, high draft choice. You play four years. Then you go to San Francisco for one. Then you're a free agent. Um Tell us a little bit about that free agency thing, why you chose Colorado, back, coming back to Colorado, meeting with Mike Shanahan, et cetera, et cetera. How'd that all work, Alfred? I mean, well, I remember, well, it, but, but for our audience. Well, it, 
which what's what's interesting is that Coach Shanahan offered me a contract the year that I went to the 49ers, and it was a contract that was twice what I got from the 49ers. Uh, but I, I felt like, you know, that I needed to rehabilitate my career after being in Cincinnati and losing as much as I did. So I went to the 49ers. I knew in the back of my mind, if I go out here and I play a great brand of football with the 49ers, a place that Coach Shanahan had just left the year before, word would get back to Coach Shanahan that I'm worth the investment for a long-term contract. Plus, it will prove that I could play and play at the highest level on the biggest stage and I could be seen again. So when free agency came, you know, I, I used all the other teams in free agency just so I can get back to Denver. I mean, I could sleep in my own bed at night and play in, in a city that I love and be around a fan base that is that I consider to be the best fan base in the world. So, I mean, my plan was simple. Bluff like I was going someplace else and end up with the Denver Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then as I recall, when you visited with us, uh, didn't you and Mike go to a Nuggets game together? Uh, we, we had a good time there, but, you know, the, the, the part about my visit that I love the most is I got a chance to hang out with, um, uh, with, with, with some guys that really end up, ended up shaping my life in a way that I can't even begin to tell you. I had lunch with George Dyer and I had lunch, uh, with Jack Elway. I had Jack Elway and George Dyer and we went to Man. this place. We went to this place called CB Potts. CB and Potts, oh, yeah, I think huh? that's the name of CB and Potts on Arapahoe uh-huh. Road. And we went in there and we went in around three o'clock on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And we didn't come out of that place until like six or seven. <laughs> we Got had drinks. We had drinks. We had lunch. We had fun. We talked and we just had a blast, man, and and we just it, it was it was over the top. I felt so good after I left that after I left that meeting. I was like, I want to play for that guy, and this guy really appreciates me. And and at the time, Jack Elway was over uh, pro personnel, I think scouting of uh, uh, one of those uh, positions. And then uh, it, you know it was it was great, man. It was Jim. I got to tell you, man, that was that was one of the most memorable days of my life. You know because. I had, you know, I had told, I told Jack on the uh, visit, you know, my, my, my ambition and goal was to knock his son out the game when the Broncos didn't draft me at number four. <laughs> so <laughs> so we, we laughed about it. And then, uh, you know, we ended up having a couple of drinks and it was cool. And, and he was, he was an Alfred Williams fan for the entire time I was with the Denver Broncos. We talked, we laughed, we had beers together. It was great. And I did the exact same thing with George Dyer. And we still talk to coach, you know, once or twice a, a month. And it's just still great, man. I mean, it's just fantastic. You just – You like mean Coach thing, you Dyer know, or Coach Shanahan? Yeah, Coach Dyer. Coach Dyer. Coach uh-huh. Dyer. You know, so, you know, we still – you know, Mike Lotus was in town this week. And, you know, he set oh, up sure. a couple breakfasts. And uh, it was just – you know, it's just been – it's been fantastic, man. I'm telling you – Jim, I just don't know how it could have worked out any better for me and the state of Colorado. I just don't think it could have worked as well any other place in the country. I agree, but it goes two ways. Denver's always had this climate. Denver is what it is. But what does Alfred Williams bring to the table? You are a 100% go-getter guy, 
and you've got a great, like I talk about your laughter, you bring the team together and you lead. I don't know if it's possible to play with Alfred Williams and not play 100%. And that's a, that's a great combination. This was a great team, and you were a part of that team. Yeah, I was part of a great group of, of guys coming together and winning a couple Super Bowls here. Uh, I really credit I really credit the guys with the San Francisco 49ers for recrafting my career and showing me how to play the get uh, play the game of football the right way. I didn't I, you know I was a first round draft pick who played nearly every play uh, that I was healthy. You know I started uh, I started in the first game that I played in after eight days of practice. I played a lot of football. But I didn't play football the right way, and then I went to the 49ers, and I learned how to play the game the right way. And then I got to Denver, and the whole time I was in Denver, I was, you know, I, I, I just, I just knew that I was going to have a great career because I finally knew how to play, and I played with a with a Hall of Fame quarterback. And and when we got a chance to get to the Super Bowl, and I was like, hey, look, I've been around Denver since 1987. I know how it feels when this city loses a Super Bowl. I never want that to happen to us. So we totally committed to winning those Super Bowls. And I'm glad I was part of that team uh, that won back to back. And that group of guys, still today, today, we're on text message threads, joking and laughing. After all of these years, we still Mm -hmm. got the majority of the team getting together on a text thread hanging out, laughing, joking, and, and, and communicating. And, that, and that's when you know that things were good because, you know, I played, I played, like I said, I played four years in Cincinnati. I played a year with the 49ers. There's no text thread from those guys. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's, there's mm-hmm. not the same amount of, uh, of admiration for each other. And, you know, it's, it's a different deal when you win a championship. It, I have that yeah. relationship with my guys from CU and I have that relationship with the guys uh, with the, with the Broncos. Well, you bring it up CU and that's, that's another thing. It's pretty okay. rare when everything about your career is magical, but you've made it magical, but a, a national championship and two Super Bowl championships. I'm sure it's been done, but not too darn often, not too many, yeah. you know, not too darn often, but it's been done a few times, but uh, that's fantastic. And then on, on radio, and you're so candid, but you're so honest. Nobody can dislike you, even though, you know, you may say something that that is not. I remember once upon a time we had a coach. I won't mention his name, but he was a young guy, and it didn't last very long. But the first guy, the first guy to stand there and say, don't like the looks of this, this isn't going to work, was you. And it wasn't what anybody wanted to hear, but that's how it worked out. Yeah, uh, it, you know, unfortunately, you know, my job is to, is to tell the audience what's happening. And a lot of that has to do with what's happening with CU, what's happening with the Broncos primarily. And uh, from, you know, the one thing I prided myself on, I was never the biggest. I was not the fastest, uh, but I, my study habits were fantastic. I could I could understand and figure things out pretty quick and once I had the tendencies down then I could move quicker than the next guy that was playing the exact same position so I have tendencies I've always been really good at tendencies and with that you pick up game planning and you pick up 
uh, different looks. And sometimes you just know when it's not right. You just know when it's not right. And unfortunately, it's been that way around here in Denver uh, a few times. And if I say it, it's not coming from a place that's mean. I'm just saying you need to be better. And if, you got, if you're yeah. not going to be better, then maybe the team should look at doing something different. And that's in management. That's in coaching. That's also with the players. You know, you just – everybody can see the exact same thing. They just probably haven't verbalized it. Yeah, I, I think – I genuinely think it's changing. We've had such a high standard, and we've had so much success. I'm not saying that makes it harder to lose. Heck, it's hard. Nobody likes to lose. But in our case – it's like it's almost foreign to lose. Yeah, that was the case for some time. But, you know, we haven't won around here in, in a few years. And the problem is, you know, if you were drafted by the Denver Broncos four years ago, you don't know what it's like to be in the playoffs. And right. that's an issue. That's an issue. Um, and, you know, we got a guy over in Kansas City and, and Patrick Mahomes that's probably going to be near the top or at the top every year of the division and wins. So you have to figure out who you want to be as a franchise. And you have to know that that team in Kansas city is your biggest threat to make it to the playoffs every year. And everything has to be geared to beat that team. I mean, every, and I'm not disrespecting the other teams that are in the division, but they haven't done the things that the Kansas city chiefs have done. So our biggest task is to match them and then eventually overtake what they've done in the AFC West because they're the bullies of the division. And the best way to make it to the Super Bowl is to win your division. And that's the best chance to get to the playoffs. And uh, that's the task. And if we're not doing that, then I don't know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we're working on it and we've made some changes and uh, you know, I know we're not there, but I feel optimistic about the direction right now, Alfred. Who's not? Who's not optimistic? I'm always optimistic about what oh, we can do as an organization. Optimistic. You are yeah. always optimistic, and you know it's one of the things. Like, oftentimes coaches will say, "There's always a way to win a game," and it starts the players and the focus and the direction. And uh, if you don't, if you're not optimistic, that's bad. You're, you're in a right. bad path. You you've got to believe you can win before you do win. And uh, of course, like you said, McCartney, how good was he? McCartney and Mike Shanahan, uh, that was a pretty cool combo you had there, Alfred. I did. And, and you know, the, the things that are, you know, the things that I've learned from those guys are that, you know, preparation is important. Preparation is important. But effort and preparation, along with uh, a, a, a bounce that goes your way one way or the other, then that's when great things can happen. But you've got to have the preparation. And you have to have the effort. The effort is the effort goes unnoticed. I, I do believe that the effort goes unnoticed. Uh, it, it's 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 a hard thing to describe to uh, an audience because you would think that if you are in this league playing in the NFL, that that would be a given. But you know, if I tell you it took me five years to learn how to play football in the NFL, it just goes to show you that. You need quality coaching around you to ensure that you get the best out of your athletes. Because, you know, I look at that as four years that I lost, one year that I learned, and then I got to really apply it for four years. Now, what if I would have yeah. got all of that in year one? And, th yeah. and that's the biggest—that's the biggest part about uh, football and, and and guys' careers that 
I'm always talking about because it's not just it's just not having talent. It's also the the effort. Like how talented can you be? Like we're talking about being good, but how good can you be? And that's the that's the part where you need great coaching. Mm-hmm. And well, I had great that. coaching. And I had that. Yeah, that's true. But also, I gotta say. Having great people is also a great thing. And the day you yes. joined the Denver Broncos as a free agent was a legendary day in Denver Broncos history, Alfred. Man, I, I had such a blast. There, there's nothing there's nothing about my past that I would change now that I know how it ended. Um, and, I uh, wish it would have started. I wish I was – Jim, I, I got to tell you, I wish it would have started here. I think my whole, my whole career would have been different if it would have started here. Uh, but I'll take the time that I got because I've always loved it in Colorado and to be able to help this team win and win big. It's been my life goal and my life ambition, and I'm glad I got a chance to see it through. And, you know, I don't go to the locker room every day. Well, now I can't go at all. But when we had players and when, when I could go, I get to that part of the locker room, and literally I expect to hear that laughter. I am waiting to I'm waiting to hear Alfred before I see Alfred and then I'm going to see a smile as big as all outdoors and uh and that tells you that everything is good and this week's opponent is uh heading for a bad place once again. Yeah man, I enjoyed it Jim. I got to tell you man, like I said, I appreciate you. I appreciate all of the uh, guys that I played with and I appreciate Bronco Country for accepting me and 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 just really led me into their um, into their their daily experience as a broadcaster and as a player. I appreciate them, you know, helping me uh, dominate the AFC West for four years. Well, and I will say, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Alfred. And seriously, you are Broncos country. Thanks a lot, Alfred. Thank you. That was Jim Sakamano's conversation with Big Al. Uh, so he might have saved his uh, best football for the end of his career. Uh, played well in Cincinnati, but really came on strong during his four years in Denver. A uh, key free agent pickup and just a, a fun guy to talk to, a fun guy to listen to. He puts a smile on your face. Yeah, and I, I even enjoyed the stuff about him talking about his high school days, not even really thinking he was going to play football past, you know, just uh, for fun. And then uh, all of a sudden he realizes he could play at the college level and get a free education and boom, you know, sometimes this sport can come just so naturally to guys and, you know, uh, big Al, it seems like uh, everything he does, it seems effortless. And that's just how great he is because, you know, uh, a college champion, a two-time Super Bowl winner, and uh, gone on to have a very successful broadcast career, he makes it all look easy. And uh, I think that's just a testament to how how great he is uh, at everything he does. So a great conversation there with Jim Sakamano. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can also find Broncos Country Throwback on Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. That's going to do it for us. For Eric Dalala and Jim Sakamano, I am Phil Milani. This has been Broncos Country Throwback.